Hello, hello. I am Sarah. And I'm Joanna. And we are your therapists next door. Join us as we demystify therapy and destigmatize mental health. Every episode, we interview a healthcare professional. It's sometimes serious, sometimes sad, most times ridiculous. This week, we welcome Daniela Galdi, who is the founder of Still Standing Together. Welcome everyone to Therapist Next Door, the podcast that shows you the human side of your friendly neighborhood healthcare worker or helper. We do this by interviewing someone in a helping profession, asking questions that you want the answers to, and answering questions you didn't know you had. I'm Joanna, a board-certified music therapist and a licensed professional counselor in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm a white, straight, cisgendered female, and my pronouns are she, hers, and I have not worn jeans in five months, and I'm loving it. That's same. Oh, well, except for like <laughs> Sunday, except for Sunday shopping, but for different reasons. That's yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, once I, once I started bloating from pregnancy, I was like done. I'm not wearing, and I used to wear jeans all the time, mm-hmm. which is like how I don't understand how I did it. Cause they're not comfortable. So I think we were all gaslit into thinking they were versatile and comfy and they're, they're, they're not, no, <laughs> they're, they're not, not at all. <laughs> And I am the other person. I'm Sarah, an LPC from Pennsylvania. Hi. Transplant from South Jersey. I am a straight, cis, white woman. My pronouns are she, her. And I I think the Marvel movies are a problem. Whoa. Uh (laughs) 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 Uh-oh. Why? I don't want to talk for that long, but... Is it because they're wearing they, jeans in them? It's because they wear jeans to bed, which is, have you ever, like, what an actual nightmare. No, I don't think that ever happened. I mean, I've taken me. naps no. in jeans. Like, seriously, I I think I was totally drinking the Kool-Aid of jeans are fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, even during early pandemic, even during most of pandemic, I have I was wearing jeans all the time because I was like, yes, I can finally wear jeans no. whenever I want. No. It is all about the joggers. It's all about the um, leggings. Fashion forward sweatpants is what I was rocking. Yeah. Which is just what you just described, but I wanted to. Yeah, they got pockets. They are fashion forward. I bought three pockets. We're not not there yet. I just want, I mean, I just want to put my phone somewhere, you know, that's it. Yeah. 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 back to to marvel real quick they don't they wear jeans and also you know simple explanation they sacrifice story for outlandish uh (laughs) ridiculous plot lines and uh more complicated story i think it sets up ridiculous expectation and it um enables capitalism and it makes us think that we all owe our allegiance to a bunch of people that we didn't elect Mm. and that's (laughs) (laughs) Man, Monday morning. Yeah. Today. AKA Tuesday. AKA Tuesday, which is my Monday. Yeah. Well, it was like, it's like collectively everybody's Monday. Cause like yesterday was a holiday. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah. 
Oh, so I, my Monday is on Monday, but I, I had canceled. Thank you for answering. <laughs> I had canceled for yesterday because it was a holiday. So I, I want to start doing that. I want to start canceling for like federal holidays. Cause obviously I take Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I want to like definitely, well, I'm going to definitely not work 4th of July. I want to definitely work, not work days that are, I'm taking a long time to say this. I don't want to work holidays <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Um, good. Thank you. That's all I really have to say. Um, <laughs> That's all I need. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, do, how dirty are your floors? How clean are your floors? My floors are clean. Um, and you know me, I always have to answer a literal question about my floors and then yeah. figurative. So I did start a new puzzle on top of my <laughs> Nicktoons yeah, puzzle. Congratulations because... for finishing your puzzle. Thank you. Just to remind everyone, it was 3,000 pieces and it was Nicktoons. Yeah, I was amazed. And I didn't have a table big enough, so I did it on the floor. (laughs) Yikes. um, So now I've started another one. How many? How many is? It's a it's a a thousand. It's a redo. Oh, it's just like nothing. It's it's mostly trees. It's very hard. I don't know why I picked this one. Yeah. Yeah. I might start a puzzle soon. puzzles are if yeah maybe i can maybe i can recommend puzzle warehouse to you okay it's one of our resources for today puzzlewarehouse.com i'm writing this they have a weekly newsletter that they send out oh my goodness i'm subscribed as far as mistakes you know no i don't i don't make mistakes um so yeah therapists are (laughs) therapists are not people too so no no errors that i remember how about you uh, I think I'm good. I don't have any embarrassing stories to relate that I forgot to say. Um, and my little floors are pretty clean because I had guests over the weekend. So it's clean. And that's like, what do I do today? I'm like, oh, sh- I should clean. Nope. Everything is clean. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling like an unplugged Roomba. I'm very, that's a nice feeling. Just sitting down and knowing that's like shit around you is, is this yeah. place and it's nice. Maybe yeah. it'll last for like a couple days. Yeah. It'll be really nice. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope that happens for you. Thank you. Uh, stay mm-hmm. tuned after the break as we dive into our history lesson for today. Our sources for today. First off, we have an article entitled A History of Self-Care from its Radical Roots to its Yuppie-Driven Middle Age to its Election-Inspired Resurgence by Aisha Harris, an amazing article. As always, wikipedia.org and nataliapetrosla.com. Spelling will be on our sources. Trigger warning, today there will be discussions of violence against Black individuals, as well as trigger warning for the 2016 election because no matter what side you were on, eh, mostly, <laughs> no matter where you were, you were probably uh, feeling a little Aware. bit of distress. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's start with the history of self-care. 
Self-care originally caught on as a medical concept. Doctors have long discussed it as a way for patients to treat themselves and exercise healthy habits, most often under the guidance of a health professional. Prior to the late 1960s and early 1970s, these patients were usually mentally ill and elderly people who required long-term care and otherwise had little autonomy. Later, academics began to look for ways for workers in more high-risk and emotionally challenging professions, therapists, social Mm -hmm. workers, EMTs, and so on, to combat stress brought on by the job. The belief driving this work was that one cannot adequately take on the problems of others without taking care of oneself. And that applied not just to physical welfare, but to mental and emotional health. It wasn't until the rise of the women's movement and the civil rights movement that self-care became a political act. I love this. Mm. Women and people of color viewed controlling their health as corrective to the failures of a white patriarchal medical system to properly tend to their needs. Self-care was, quote, a claiming of autonomy over the body as a political act against institutional, technocratic, very racist and sexist medicine, as said by Talia Mellon Petrella, PhD, an assistant professor at the New School. By the way, this woman has a great book coming out called Fit Nation, The Gains and Pains of America's Exercise Obsession. Ooh, that sounds really and good. And she, I know, and she's also the author of a book called Class Wars, Language, Sex, and the Making of Modern Political Culture. So she's also going in our resources. For sure. As Jennifer Nelson, yeah, hell yeah. As Jennifer Nelson wrote in her book, More Than Medicine, A History of the Feminist Women's Health Movement, a push to redefine healthcare beyond just treatment of the individual body gained steam within various movements in the 60s. Activists saw the poverty, activists saw that poverty was correlated with poor health, and they argued that in order to dismantle hierarchies based on race, gender, class, and sexual orientation, these groups must be able to live healthy lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In turn, living healthily, quote, required the involvement of individuals and communities in their own health promotion. Yet while the federal yet while the federally funded community health civic network and other free clinics popped up around the country Nelson observed this still existed rampant sexism with the female body widely perceived and treated by medical staff as quote inherently sick if they were middle or upper class or more disparagingly quote as a vector of disease mm. if uh, for poor and working class women This, along with providers' hostile attitudes towards reproductive rights, led women's liberation activists to open their own clinics designed specifically for women's needs. I'm, as an aside, I'm so happy, not to toot our own horns, but I'm so happy we're talking about this because I feel like self-care can just be kind of like something thrown to the side, but like it did so much more than that. And I'm really happy that we're, we're talking about it. Heard. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) I just got like really jazzed when you were talking. I know. I love this. I love this one so much. Yeah. Just feeling very good that you just said that. There's like so many layers to self-care and there's so many layers Mm -hmm. to like fight against, fight against like not taking care of yourself. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And we'll see how it's, as this goes along, we'll see how it was disparaged. I'm excited. The women's lib movement, of course, took cues from the civil rights movement in many ways, and this was especially true with healthcare. Civil rights leaders had made healthcare a priority, with Martin Luther King Jr. saying, of all the forms of inequality, injustice in health is the most shocking and the most inhuman. The Black Panther Party carried this idea forward. Alondra Nelson chronicles the Panthers' efforts on this front in her book, Body and Soul, which opens with the Black Community Survival Conference held in Oakland, California in 1972. 
as, quote, a rally, street fair, and block party in which speeches were given and information distributed about the party's free community service programs. Those programs were established both to make up for the dire lack of adequate social service programs after the waning of the war on poverty, as well as to provide a coping mechanism against the harassment and surveillance that Black people suffered at the hands of the police and federal government. These nationwide clinics recruited nurses, doctors, and students to test for illness and disease rampant within the Black community, including lead poisoning and sickle cell anemia, as well as to provide basic preventative care. For Black people, and especially Black women, this kind of self-care was brought to fill a desperate need. The survival programs of the Panthers were just were about just that, survival. Both of these movements also coincided with a more niche, quote, wellness trend, one that was less about procuring the most basic tools for survival and more about improving one's quality of life. It was a product of disappointment among doctors and nurses in the ways in which traditional Western medicine failed to address the full needs of its patients. The public's attitude towards those who championed a more holistic approach to fitness, one that pushed for a, quote, positive health rather than just the absence of illness, end quote, was not well received. A 1976, a, a 1979 60 Minutes segment opens with Dan Rather saying, Wellness. Now there's a word you don't hear every day. Uh, sorry, that was my tick, attempt. Um, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> next stop on 60 Minutes. Wellness. Now there's a word you don't hear every day. Um, Dan Rather went on to make allegations that some of the patients and doctors he interviewed were in a, quote, cult. Holistic fitness. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Holistic fitness lifestyles marked the beginning of a new era for self-care, one that moved further from politics. That shift continued in the late 80s and the 1990s when fitness and wellness lifestyles began to move from the fringes of society to the mainstream, becoming more commercialized and associated with the wealthy. Yoga classes suddenly appeared on YMCA schedules and in health clubs. Not to mention the fact that by the 1980s, the Black Panthers and many of their successful community programs had been destroyed by a number of factors, particularly government interference and infighting. Joanna, this will be the second time we talk about this topic in one week. It took 9-11. <laughs> it took 9-11 for self-care to begin to reclaim its roots as an act of political resistance. The collective trauma of that experience led to a notable increase of studies on the effects of PTSD, and it made psychiatrists expand their criteria for who might be considered to be someone with a diagnosis of PTSD to include even some who had more indirect experience of witnessing the towers fall or may not have noticed symptoms until years later. We cannot forget blogs, Joanna. We can't forget them. No. Women, women, Black, Indigenous, and people of color and the LGBTQ plus community have been able to carve out spaces for themselves online that were not always open to them before, sharing knowledge and supporting each other in unprecedented ways. For about a year, between 2014 and 2015, the women's blog The Hairpin featured a regular column from Faria Rosin and Sarah Black McCullough, in which they interviewed different women about self-care and about what it meant to them. In their inaugural prose, Rosin wrote, This column has a singular purpose, to talk to women about navigating a world where they are their own savior. In those conversations with others and among themselves, they explored not just their regimens, but the struggles they had with practicing something that is often regarded as navel-gazing. Essentially, Joanna, what we talk about all the time, navel-gazing is kind of just looking inward and thinking about only yourself. So 
all of a sudden these women making a attempt to take care of themselves and think about themselves was selfish. It it also makes me think about, you know, what what is quote allowed as self-care for women and like what, you know, I yeah, it's just making me think a lot about self-care and kind of how systems can, you know, put barriers on self-care as well. Like what what's allowed and what's not allowed. Yes, and we know all about barriers that can be put on the therapeutic process with dealing yes. with insurance companies. Definitely. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Hell yeah. In the past few years, self-care has also become a particularly popular topic within the Black community once again, appearing frequently in magazines and blogs such as Essence and Madame Noir, not to mention on Solange's 2016 album, A Seat at the Table, which featured a song titled Borderline, and Ode to Self-Care. Black celebrities, especially women, are frequently asked to expound on their personal self-care routines. This hit, the hit series Being Mary Jane, meanwhile, has made its long-running theme throughout its four seasons. Gabrielle Union's titular protagonist is constantly taking on too much of her family members' emotional and financial burdens while also trying to further her career and maintain her friendships and romantic relationships. Hmm. Hmm. Monica Williams, an associate professor in psych- psychological sciences at the University of Connecticut, what, what, and clinical director, I didn't go there, it's just Connecticut, um, and clinical director for the Behavioral Wellness Clinics in Kentucky, sees this kind of struggle all the time among women of color. She said, quote, it's kind of frowned upon to think about self-care. People think it's kind of selfish, end quote. But this lack of attention to one's own stress levels and diet and fitness can lead to medical issues down the road, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity. Williams has also noticed a recent shift within the medical field towards taking self-care more seriously, with doctors doing more to combat. Quote, John Henryism, the idea that you face your problems by working harder and harder, end quote, and not taking time out for yourself. Another factor that is... Wait, let me interrupt you. So John Henry, if we remember, is the guy that built the railroad track faster mm-hmm. than the railroad track machine but then died and i think I, if i recall this is wrong this i'll talk about this next week on my uh housekeeping but i believe it's also just an allegory for uh black americans black americans coming out of slavery mm-hmm. and finding work Another factor that has prompted renewed interest in self-care in the Black community is the rise in media attention to police killings of unarmed Black people. As Williams wrote in Slate last year, an increasing number of studies have shown that even just seeing these disturbing videos repeated on social media and on the news can trigger the same symptoms as PTSD, especially if the viewer identifies with the victims. A desire for safe spaces translates to other stigmatized groups as well. Rosine, a queer Muslim woman of color, said that she, quote, had to find real ways to block the toxicity I felt from the world around me, end quote, after the election, which included the election in 2016, which included stepping away from news and social media. And Jace Har, a queer writer and mental health activist who created a viral self-care interactive that challenges its users to check in with themselves, with with questions like, have you eaten in the last four hours? And have you taken any medication you need to take? Believes that the notion of self-care has, quote, really blossomed after the election. It's become a lot more critical, more of a maintenance activity rather than a reaction to feeling stressed out. He told me people are realizing that it's something that they need to do every day to deal with the current climate. As with previous incarnations of self-care, there are those who roll their eyes and just criticize proponents for engaging in something they view as extravagant or just lazy. 
Those practicing and encouraging self-care regularly, however, usually echo a famous quote from Audrey, Audrey Lord's 1988 book of essays, a, Bur- a Burst of Light. Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. So good. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to continue to talk about self-care with our guest and uh, just in general. So stay tuned. All right. Welcome back. Daniela Galdi, the founder of Still Standing Together, a health mentor, entrepreneur, and artist, is the founder of Still Standing Together, an empowerment community supporting individuals through their struggles and challenging circumstances in order to help one another move forward with hope and happiness during these times. She has been a professional and educator in health and wellness for over 15 years. Daniela's own struggle with depression and panic attack illnesses led her to spreading awareness on mental health therapies and solutions. Her mission through Still Standing Together is to connect people and get them talking to one another by sharing their messages of overcoming obstacles, managing, and rising above them every day. She uses her training in emotional empowerment, self-care, and coaching to help guide the discussion, offering solutions and strategies to implement into personal and professional management for creating balanced yet thriving lifestyles. Welcome. Hello. It's so great to be here. Did I write that? That sounds good. Yeah, I was like, I felt like I was like on the news reading it. (laughs) Tick, tick, tick. Nice job. (laughs) Got our own 60 minutes going. Daniela, we're so happy to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about your work? Sure, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. You too. um, I love what you're doing with with this podcast and sharing the history Mm -hmm. and and you're both hilarious, which is great. (laughs) So um, yeah, so my work, I mean, um, uh, still standing together, as you mentioned, is an organization that um, prioritizes mental health resources, tools, um, and making sure that we foster uh, connections within the individual and you know group community level. A big portion of it is uh, making sure that we're connecting uh, individuals with traditional and non-traditional um, professionals. So therapists such as yourselves and also coaches, mentors, spiritual guides, anyone in the field of helping, <laughs> right? So anyone in the field of helping and um, so that is still standing together, as you mentioned, I, I uh, manage depression, panic attacks. Um, I'm surprised I forgot anxiety in there, but anxiety <laughs> as well. And, you know, it, it came about as I think many, many um, influential types of organization or work or careers start um, from my own uh, situations of, you know, not being able to get out of the bed, being at the lowest part of my life, um, finally recognizing um, my, my own self-care, as you guys talked about, you two talked about, and um, coming to a place a few months after finally, you know, my family had to step in and because um, I wasn't able to, to care for myself. So my family had to step in and months later in therapy, I can remember hysterically crying and being like, I can't imagine people who don't have someone to turn to. And so that's where Still Standing Together came about um, is, you know, I remember, I'll never forget, we had a support group and two of my friends that I had been friends with for 20 years and still are, I should say, have been friends with um, showed up and I talked about all these things and they were like, at, at the end, they looked at me and they said, 
I didn't know you went through this. And I was like, well, because, I, you know, like, I, I don't know why. I didn't talk to them about it. It wasn't that I'm close with them. It just wasn't that type of, um, I don't know. You don't want to always have to live in it, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, so anyway, my, my point with that is, is the organization has brought a lot of connections, which I love. And um, the past few months, I kind of took a step back because I myself found myself in a very low spot. I needed to reprioritize again. Um, and, you know, with that said, it was kind of great to observe even more and see, you know, I would hear about people still reaching out to each other, people getting together who had met at like support groups or had met through, um, you know, a connection that myself or another a person involved with Still Standing uh, made and they were able to create these friendships and they lean on each other. And so, you know, that's the beauty of the work I do um, and try to do and, and I'm getting back into now. So because I did take that big break. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Thank you for sharing all of that. And what an amazing uh, organization that you've made um, just to be able to help that. And I think we don't recognize that that people don't don't have those supports to pull them out and give them that care. Um, Absolutely. And when, you know, one of the biggest things for me was um, a financial piece of it, right? So that was the biggest piece. And that was also why I was feeling this way and why everything was resurfacing in my mental health struggles. Um, and with that said, um, people like I knew, I almost knew better. And this is probably me just being hard on myself because I do that too. But, you know, I knew better because I had been in this place in my early twenties. So that was like 10 years prior. And I, and I had known that my part of my, part of my functioning is to have therapists, coaches, spirit, right. I have all these mentors. I believe we should have mentors in every single area of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, you know, I had just pulled back and, and I, and I mentioned this because you spoke of self-care. I had pulled back on everything that was needed to take care of myself um, including therapy, right. And including going and seeing, see, you know, talking to, it's a friend who's a, you know, spiritual mentor for me, like going and talking to her, I would, I would avoid phone calls, you know? So, um, so it's hard because you have, I had those people and I, and I didn't reach out. So it's like making sure people know they are okay when they feel it's the worst time. Like it's the, it's, they're not capable of reaching out. Yeah, that's, that's, again, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's really making me think of, about a couple of times that I've had to explain to family members, like, mm-hmm. that are maybe less understanding about depression, but more like, I want to help. How can I get this person to get up and jog and eat healthier so they cannot be depressed anymore? Like having to sit these family members down and like really describe how the symptoms happen in our body. <laughs> like, how even just thinking that some like routine habits could change that immediately and, and be effective. It's not only insulting to, you know, your loved one, like, obviously if the problem was that simple a fix, we would, we would all be doing it, but you're just not listening. And I, I, and I love this. You're giving, you're giving people an opportunity to be listened to in every sector of their life. That is so freaking important. 
Oh, I'm happy you say you say that. Thank you for saying that because, mm-hmm. and and I want to give credit too because it's the people that like such as yourselves because I would love to have you two both doing something with it. But the, uh, just even people who join the groups who aren't in the healthcare profession, but they it, it's the people that are able to kind of like foster. You know, I think of like that picture of like the the internet where it's like all these different webs, right? So mm-hmm. so uh, that image comes to mind because um, I, I can't single handedly do you know I can't single handedly save the world, <laughs> but, but um, which is a big reason why I had to take the break because I was really on that mission to do it. Um, but you know, so I'm happy you say that. And family is one of the toughest things. I mean, um, I can remember a, a, a family member said to me you know, just get up and do 10 jumping jacks in the morning. And I was like, okay. That sounds, that <laughs> sounds so hard. Me, right? I was like, come peel me out of bed and lift my fingers up and my feet apart and I'll get one in. Thank you. <laughs> and I love to work out. I should share that too. Like I, I grew up dancing mm-hmm. and, you know, so like for me to not do that one thing, and, and for, for them to just think like, just some jumping jacks, it'll get your spirit up. And like, now I can do it because I'm in a better place where I'm like, all right, I can wake up and do it. But when, you know, I feel recognizing when somebody is in that space, <laughs> it's a sweet gesture. <laughs> it's also, it's also making me think about how like n- so many non-clinical issues come up in therapy, like, like looking for a house or looking for an apartment or, you know, like navigating doctor's appointments and like how, how like your mental health is like a wider web of all of these things that, that you need support on. So it, it's just so, it's so cool because like mental health isn't just like this one thing it's all of the factors of your life coming together um Mm -hmm. and how like creating a support community for that is amazing absolutely I agree and I and I appreciate you know one of my biggest fears coming into this and and trying to step out into this work um well getting over the fact that like I don't give myself enough credit so yes that but the other (laughs) one was the other one was um you know feeling like the fact that you two um brought me on. And then the first two therapists that I met with, um, their names are Danielle Massey and Alana Gardner. And, you know, I met with them in in hopes to, we were going to collaborate in some way. And I kind of like gave them this whole notebook of like different ideas. And they were like, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then the very last one, because I was so afraid to bring this up because I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not a a therapist and I don't take credit for that. Um, and I respect you all so much. And any, you know, my point is though, I remember them being so like that, they were like, yes, let's do it. And they were the first two therapists. And I was like, and I told them, I remember saying like, I am nervous to, to do this, not having that background and like having that support initially from professionals like yourselves and having that from them was like a huge, a huge, huge foundational step for me to be able to like continue with this work and, and approach different people on different topics. So, um, yeah. I don't know why I mentioned that, but there was a point if you guys found it, let me know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, um, there's so much that can be done if you just bring on instead of, instead of, and I'm constantly thinking about better help. Like I, I dedicate so many hours of my life, just thinking about them <laughs> and not in a good way. And it, 
the fact that you were like, okay, I am, this is not my skill, but it is my skill to bring people together. It is my skill to understand what needs are. And I have like a little bit of experience in every place with these people working with them professionally. So I'm going to bring in people that know what they're doing and I'm going to go off of, you know, what their ethics say. I'm going to go off of like what their field says. And I'm going to do that for every person. That is amazing. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. I love it. I, um, you know, it's funny you say that and you, you, I will, I will, I will put this out there, but I actually do like, I learn so much every time I work with different individuals. And then the more and more I keep myself updated on what's going on within, you know, the healthcare world and within mental health and, you know, that like the no surprises act, which I don't know your thoughts on in general, but I actually use it now for everything I do in life. And I, and I'm not sure now if I'm saying the proper name, but I literally do it now in my creative agency. I'm like, okay, make sure. Did I give you everything up front? Because <laughs> I don't want you to feel surprised later unless it's a fun surprise. Like, Hey, guess what? <laughs> we just got you a million dollars. Like that's a fun surprise. <laughs> that, that is a fun surprise. I would, yeah, absolutely. Would yeah. <laughs> oh, such a good point. So I was thinking, Danielle, could you explain the no surprises act? Cause I've, I've heard about it from just a YouTube channel. I follow I only, and where she works is California. So I don't actually know. So for our listeners, could you yes. uh, get into that a little bit? Absolutely. And I am going to source the Google because I don't want to say it incorrectly and make any false claims. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but you know, I, I work, I mentioned, I have a creative agency and I, do a lot of work with people who are also in the health world in terms of like building their materials. And so this was one of the big things that was brought to our attention was we need to have this somewhere, right? So I will read to you what it says. Um, This is from the cms.gov fact sheets. Perfect. (laughs) We're seeing it as best I can. So the No Surprises Act protects people covered under group and individual health plans from receiving surprise medical bills when they receive most emergency services, non-emergency services from out-of-network providers at in-network facilities and services from out-of-network air ambulance service providers. So you two, I don't know if you're familiar yet, but you might be able to explain it a little bit better. To my understanding, it's you know out-of-network, anyone who is paying out-of-pocket, they just need to receive some sort of... Um, some sort of acknowledgement of what the potential or the insurance companies might of what the potential uh, projection will be for their services, um, which I know can be a little bit of a conflict for also therapists because how can you project what a person's going to need for an entire year, especially if you haven't met them yet. <laughs> so I've had therapists try to explain this to me a little bit better to understand um, So, you know, on the fortunate side for myself, I I don't have to go through that. And um, I've been able to kind of take this idea and apply it to other areas of my life. But I do, for anyone listening, for a therapist, I, 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 under the impression, it was not necessarily an easy feat (laughs) or a not annoying feat to to accomplish. (laughs) Generally speaking, yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I think we can also post a little more information about that too. I mean, just the- there are a lot of questions from therapists as far as like the wording and who it applies to. It's very confusing, and for clients too. Yeah. I mean, every this is in place to protect them. I'm very happy that it's in place to protect them, but yes, it's also very annoying. <laughs> Sure so my might, favorite you know, quote from therapy is you can feel a lot of things at once. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Daniela, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to mention that, um, you know, as a, as a client, it does like, that might be a little overwhelming. I don't know if the client sees it, but like, I don't want to see that. And I, and I'm okay with putting out money for my sessions, you know, even, even if it's a hardship, right. It it can be overwhelming. Mm So, you know, I'd probably, I, I need to research a bit more before I can speak on it completely but um it's interesting it's an interesting little act they put out there (laughs) absolutely i'm glad you brought that up yeah (sighs) anyway (laughs) fun i did not expect that to come (laughs) yeah i know um (laughs) what a surprise um (laughs) sorry (laughs) terrible (laughs) um how do you (laughs) Daniela, how do you feel like the pandemic affected the work that you do? So the pandemic was definitely, um, you know, I didn't think it took a toll on me mentally because I was one of those people that, and this is with no insensitivity um, to everything that went down. I was at a very bad place where I didn't want to see people anyway. So when like the whole world was like, you can't see anyone, I kind of was like, this is great. I'm used to this. <laughs> like, I'm good. I don't need to leave my house. I don't want to leave my house. So, you know, so it felt like a bit more of a comfort zone and, and that was fine for a few weeks. But then I started to um, recognize how much I still needed uh, to help myself and how depleted I was and how, you know, it was burnt, I was burnt out to put it, you know, in, in a more common term, but not in the way of like a, you're overworked. I was burnt out from like trying to, you know, that the cliche of like pour from an empty cup. I like to say, I was like trying to scratch at an empty well, like that's how I felt. Um, and I'll never forget my therapist had actually, you know, I was, she had mentioned, my, my, let me just give a shout out to my therapist. Cause she's amazing. I won't share her name for confidentiality, mm-hmm. but the shit she deals with, <laughs> I hope it's okay to curse. Um, but you know, she, okay, go. Cool. Thank you. So she knows that, you know, I, I like to fully understand things. Like I have to, I ask a thousand and one questions so that I can fully understand it. And I, I'll never forget. She said, I want you to look up, um, Maslow's hierarchy of basic needs, right? I'm saying that correctly, please correct me. Yeah, definitely. Yes, I'm excited. I went, yeah, okay, please. I would love to even know more because I I started to read more and more and, you know, I'm familiar with it. And then the more I read, I was like, wow, I didn't, I wasn't applying these things and I wasn't meeting them, like for sure, was not meeting Mm -hmm. them in my life. And so that was a big turnaround for me. But, um, you know, to, to go back to the whole idea of pandemic and my work, until that moment, I was trying to force things. And, you know, we had done a lot of in-person events. And so everybody was going virtual. When everyone did that, I was like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't be the only one. I'm not going to try to compete. I don't have the energy to try to like, you know, get this out there. So I actually, that's, I took a, that's when I started to take the big break was last year. I kind of tried to force it in 2020. Um, I think we might have had some uh, events. They were virtual, but they I really only did them when they were necessary. Like we did do things when um, everything happened with uh, George Floyd. And, you know, so we we had different groups to come together and talk about like how how can we better contribute? How can we 
re, you know, unlearn, relearn everything that like that. So we had support groups there for people who wanted to um, just felt like they needed to know more and do more and things like that. Um, so that was one. And then another one was just like a getting um, back into our own identity after the whole pandemic. Right. So I only did main ones. I didn't force it. Um, but I did pull back a lot and that, that was helpful for me, but I, I, I fear it was not helpful for other people. Um, but it's nice now I hear like, Oh, you're getting, you know, you're getting, you're going to start doing things again. We missed it. Um, and, and, you know, one of my biggest things is going to be making sure that it still has that accessibility and that I am leaning on the people, right? Because that is the whole mission is to be able to lean on each other. And so mm. I am going to be leaning on people more so that I'm making sure I'm still meeting my basic needs and I don't get to a point where I have to shut down again. <laughs> and if I do, it's okay, but you know, I'd rather yeah. not. Yeah. I, I like thinking about the hierarchy of needs almost maybe <laughs> emotional, like be- because like the, we kind of get gaslit into like self-care is, is going shopping and doing this and eating right and doing that. But like, if you don't have those basic survival needs met, which a lot of people don't, that self-care is not, is just like a drop in the bucket. So it's like also building like, and sorry, I might not be making any sense, but I, I had like a lot of feels when we were talking no, you, you, I think you do. And, and I, um, I want to hug you now, <laughs> but it was, it was a big turnaround for me. There's, there's key moments in my life that were like, somebody says something and it was a turnaround. So when she said that to me and I looked it up and I was like, well, wow, like, okay. And then, you know, at the same time, it was interesting. A, um, a friend had sent me a book about, she was starting her own practice and she had said, I'm going to send you this book. It's about starting a private practice. I know you're not, but like, just read it. And the one, you know, my basic need was like not having the security financially to, you know, I, to do things and like, you know, so all of that you can imagine. Um, and so she sent me that one chapter on, it was making peace with, uh, making peace with money. And that it was all about the idea of like, when you're helping others, you know, like, yes, we can just help, but unfortunately I am not a heiress. That was a little plug to inventing. (laughs) 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 But, uh, you know, I am not an heiress. Um, And so just helping is not going to work. I need to be able to, you know, find ways to have that security in the financial level. And it's okay because I need to be able to buy food for myself. Right. (laughs) So it goes to that basic need of like nourishment, you know, so um, I really had to pull back a lot, but I, but I think it was necessary for myself and then necessary for me to continue with work with still standing. So I'm going to read real quick, just for our listeners and for us, just the, the pyramid, I'm going to start from the bottom. Yes. So this is, so this is from Abraham Maslow hierarchy of needs. So think of this as a pyramid. Um, so remember the food pyramid that you were sold as a child that was wrong. This <laughs> yeah. is the bottom, the breads and grains, <laughs> the breads and grains. <laughs> what didn't we figure out it was like for fattening calves right okay yeah it's like not okay anyway it's it's for cattle okay all right so at the bottom we have physiological needs so these are the things that we need to wake up in the morning these are the things that we need to actually be alive air food water shelter and sleep the next level is safety so it's less it's a little more conceptual and not um obviously physiological 
safety needs are personal security, health, and employment, Danielle, just like you're saying. And look how look how basic employment is. You know, it's just above shelter. That was the <laughs> okay, eye opener is, for me. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. All right, uh, up another level. So we're about the middle of the pyramid. We have love and belonging. So that's family, friendship, and community, like we're talking about here. A little higher, we have esteem, which is respect, self-confidence, and status. And then way up at the tippy top, this is the one that we can achieve over and over again, or maybe just achieve once, or just be constantly working towards. This is self-actualization, achieving one's full potential. And again, you know, Danielle, like Danielle, like you said beautifully, sometimes we do get there and then we backslide all the way back down and that's, it's okay. It's all about just working towards being our best selves and like what a, what a castrated term that has become, (laughs) but being your best self and achieving all of these needs as we work through the hierarchy and recognizing that some very, some real ones that we are like Joanna said, just gaslit into thinking we are selfish are actually very, very basic. And I am jazzed that we're talking about this. <laughs> and that's not to say like the regular self-care acts are like not, you know, the ones that may be guess lit lighty are, you know, not good. Um, they're fantastic. We should also look at our hierarchy of needs and make sure that all those needs are being met. Uh, plus mm-hmm. massages, you know. Oh yeah. All the extra. All, all the extra. Yeah. Well, then it helps. I it's feel great. like it helps to bring you back. It helps to bring you back to those basic needs. I'm thinking when you met, when you read the um, last, you know, the, the breads and the grains, um, it was like air, sleep. I forget the other ones. And I was like, I wasn't really sleeping. I had air. <laughs> but how fresh was the air, right? We're, we're picking this apart, but how fresh was the air because we were not leaving our homes in exactly. the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And yes, if you're also depressed and isolated, you're getting air, but not for long. Not for long. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you read that and explained it better. Um, so yeah, it was, it's a big thing. And that's one of the things that going into now this next chapter was still standing together. I really want to make sure that um, I'm always observing, right. That's kind of how I come mm. up with what's the next support group. What's the next workshop? What's the next like podcast, uh, topic. And I'm always observing. And so that is something for myself. I want to challenge myself to do is observe more of, um, observe more of, of people that I connect with and me and see, you know, are they, are they, are they stable in that, in that, um, that basic need area, right? Um, are, how are they managing that? And then, you know, looking at it a little bit from a, uh, more simplistic approach, as opposed to like, you know, these like, like, um, fancy topics or things like that. Right. So, so a more simplistic approach for sure. And, and I'm thinking about how you were saying, like, I love exercising, but when I was so depressed, I I couldn't even think about doing a jumping jack. Like that's when those self-care activities, like that's when we need to like, look at the pyramid and be like, what am I not getting that my usual self-care activity that usually makes me feel really good is, is not working. Like when I was super burnt out, it was like, I'm, you know, and supervisors like self-care, self like I'm doing a lot of self-care and it is just not working like that, you know, and, and that's okay. It's just like looking, there wasn't anything wrong with me. There wasn't anything wrong with my self-care routine. It was just, I, somewhere along that pyramid, I had a huge block missing 
and like it wasn't gonna work yeah and in that case self-care was not working there yeah it was quitting work. yeah so it's like <laughs> yeah. well I can't you know like I gotta I gotta I gotta like build my pyramid back up somehow mm-hmm. and you know yeah so it's almost like, um, and, and I'll speak for myself, it's almost like I had resentment towards everything that was supposed to make me feel good because mm-hmm. I was like, you're not making me feel good. Like, I don't like you now, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I had letting you down. Resentment. Right. And it was yeah. like, no, 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 Daniela, you are avoiding <laughs> getting to that point. Right. So um, I, it was really, like I said, it was an eye opener. Yeah. Like trying to plug things in, like trying really hard to be like, okay, now I'm doing massages. Now I'm doing, you know, I'm buying as much yarn as I can and trying to fill in that hole in my pyramid, but it's yarn and it's like not going to help because I needed mm-hmm. air there, you know? <laughs> right. right. And, then, and also, yeah. you know, I, and the, I was also, um, I think I had a skewed vision of a lot of things, but I think I had a skewed vision of um, even like manifesting and things in like the spiritual world of that situation. And so you mentioned jeans earlier. I haven't actually been in jeans since like, the early pandemic so like nice. high five, high five nice. to all of yes. us for that um so <laughs> rebel against the jeans no more jeans ever <laughs> um but I purged my closet so many times because I was like making space for new things making space for new things but again I was not addressing what was really happening and then like I realized I was left with like nothing <laughs> like I was then back to feeling like I had nothing you know so um it, it's we try we try and we try to do what we can. And, and, and I guess my point is like, you know, going back to that basic needs has really helped and, and the simplification of everything. Yeah. And then that's how you can like notice when things aren't working is like, Hey, wait a minute, this isn't giving me the same jazzed feeling as it was before. <laughs> and what a good opportunity for self-compassion to come Yay. in and say, babe, I'm so sorry that this isn't working. This is painful. What can I'm, we do? Like, like, this is how I talk to myself, right? When I'm having a hard day, like, listen, I'm sorry. This is shitty and you're in it and I'm really sorry and it sucks. Let's yeah. not ignore it. So yeah, self-compassion. <laughs> how? <laughs> Danielle, how is your personality represented in your work? Oh, wow. Okay. So this is a tough question. This is a tough one. Um, yeah. Because again, I'm going to try to say this with self-compassion, what I realized the premise of what with, and and I'm just going to stick with the the mission of like still standing together. Right. What I realized is like my personality was clouded. And I, I look back sometimes, let's say at like content and I see, like, I was so focused on the struggle part. So focused on the struggle, so focused on the struggle um, that you know, I'm, I'm appreciative now that I can go back and look and see like, okay, was that, you know, asking the appropriate questions, was that triggering? Was that actually benefiting people? Was I using that as just an outlet? Was, you know, was it universal? Was it, you know, all these good questions. So it's a tough question because I think for a long time, my personality was not showing. Now you guys, can see I have a lot of energy, right? So I generally am enthusiastic to meet people, right? So that would show, that would show through. Um, but recently I had someone say to me, actually I had two people say this to me at two different times in like a two week 
area two 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 I didn't even mean to do that but you know it's two 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 it's two 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 so that was the number so um they said oh what I feel like you're back to normal and I was like it felt good but at the same time it was like crushing because I was like oh I knew I was disconnected like I knew I was not myself so it feels good to like feel happy for people again it feels good to be like that makes me really angry and not feel like my whole world is going to come crashing down and I can't control my reactions. And, you know, so right now in this moment, like it feels good to be able to now take this clarity and see what, how I can, and um, how I can share it with, with the world. Now that I feel a bit more clear on my, my values, my personality, and I feel a bit back more back to myself a lot more back to myself, I should say. And how can I share that with people? So, so yes, it's tied in so closely, which I don't know if you two see with your work that you do, but it gets tied in so closely that I'm, I'm tiptoeing back in because I, I don't want to lose myself again. Right. So I need to make sure I kind of like take two steps forward and then like do a little check-in back and then two steps forward because I don't want to lose myself again. And, and I, um, Last thing I will say on this, and I will land the plane, but, you know, one of my biggest things is, you know, it's not about me. 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 Um, and so to have had to like turn it around and be like, I have to make this about me for a little bit um, was hard and it's, and it's hard, but I have to continue to remember, like, I have to, this is about me right now in order to make it about everybody else. So, um, yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, I feel like we need to reclaim the word selfish and like make it a good word because it's, it's, it's something I've talked to clients about, like being selfish is okay. It's not a bad thing, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's like lazy. Like both words have been, we're not sure of either of the origins of the phrases or the word, or I guess they're both words not phrases. and th- they're both kind of meant to make us feel bad about sitting <laughs> or or not not working. I like Daniel, how dare I feel... you make this about you? Like, well, yeah, I'm a part absolutely. of this. I'm a part of whatever's going on. I'm a piece. I'm a yes. piece to this puzzle. Um, I really felt that that sadness that you were, or yeah, I, we, I don't think we heard talked about an emotion, but that feeling that you can have when someone's like, "Oh, I'm so glad you're back to normal," and this kind of like, kind of like embarrassment too, or this like realization, like, "Oh, people saw me," and how it's so kind to have people gracious to have you back but also I mean we don't love hearing that while we're struggling people can also see us um so yeah that's 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 certainly very real and I wanted to share one more thing I realized that on my bad d days which I call my depression days if I have clients I know that in about like six or seven minutes into the session I'm going to be able to think about them and not myself. And it's so nice. And, you know, maybe that would be different for like very severe clinical depression. But when I'm, when I'm, you know, mild to moderate or moderate to severe, I'm able to get into session and just, and to switch gears. Like my body is able to step into that mode of helper. And it's good because it's, I'm only a helper for 45 minutes. You know, I'm not having to be a helper for hours and hours and days and days. I get to, I get to just distract myself for a little while. And I find that to be very helpful. If it's a day that I only have two or three clients, that's amazing. If it's a day I have six, less so. But I just wanted to share that too, is that we we are able to sometimes dig into that, you know, scratch into that well, but it is very short term. I love that. Very short term. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it, it's also like, I know like, you know, the days that are going to be rough. I call them my overwhelmed days. These are my days where I'm just going to be overwhelmed today. Anything, anything that's not coming is just going to, I'm already filled up. So <laughs> It's going to overflow. But like knowing like I need to do some extra special preparation in the morning or before my sessions to make sure that I'm there. And like, that's like my responsibility as a therapist to do that, um, to be there, you know, and then to also recognize like, oh, you know what? I have a migraine. I cannot, I can't, I can't do it today. I'm not going to be helpful today. So to be okay with saying like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to reschedule today. I love that too. I love that too. That's something I've definitely over the past few years have been practicing so much more. I I grew up dancing, right? So you kind of like, it was like that push through mentality. And I, um, I taught kids for so long and it was such that bitter, uh, not bittersweet. I shouldn't say that that's not the right word. That's totally not the right word, but it was like on the edge of like, I want them to know that like, if they need a break, take a break, but I also need them to get this, that like, it was <laughs> yes. like, I was always teetering, like, well, if you need to sit, but you got to get back up, you know, <laughs> like, so, so it's so tough um, because uh, for myself, at least like that push through mentality, like you showed up and you, you know, I had a conversation with a friend the other day and I, and they said, I forget what she said. And I said, <laughs> just said, well, I'm a performer. You need, you want me to be happy right now? I'd be happy. You want me to be sad? What do you want me to be? I can, I can do it if you snap Oof. your finger. And so, you know, you kind of start to lose a little bit of like, of like grip, like a grasp of like, what are you actually feeling today? And what do you need? As opposed to like, what does this person expect from you? And so that's, you know, maybe that needs to be the next support group that comes up this year. <laughs> I mean, it's something my therapist is constantly telling me, like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like, why did you agree to do that? You should stop mm-hmm. doing that. And it's like, okay. <laughs> oh, so on the opposite, you, you mentioned that I call them like my bad days. Um, but on the opposite of that, I call it my, oh, I was, I was in, a, I was having a really happy day that day because I agreed to way too much and I should have known better <laughs> that I'm not going to be able to like handle all that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, darn it. Why did I agree to that? It was definitely on a happy day. <laughs> like everything was feeling excellent. Yeah, of course I, I can. I, <laughs> exactly. I had such a moment of very quick self-judgment, but then rescued it with self-compassion the other day. Cause I just met up with a friend for lunch and she was like, what are your plans tonight? I was like, what? I'm out to lunch with you. <laughs> and then she's describing her love, plans for the rest it. of yeah. the evening with other people. I was like, girl, I'm, this is it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thank you. Like I'm, I'm good for like a couple days. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I will share my secret. It's so funny. It's the one and done my secret, which now everyone's going to know, but so it cracks me up when people are like, Oh my goodness, I know you're so busy. And that's when I know I'm like doing a great job of making sure that I'm spacing things out because I'll look at my calendar and be like scheduled one thing today. That's right. And yeah, I, and they think I'm perfect. busy and that's fine because you know what? I am busy. I'm busy watching my show for an hour and I'm busy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah I mean, I, I had to fight at my last job to be like, no, I cannot schedule you at 12 o'clock. I know it says I'm free, but I have to eat lunch. I have to eat lunch. Basic need. Yeah. Food. Yes. <laughs> B- bottom rung. Bottom rung. Of the I have to eat lunch. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like, it's, it's so, it's so nice to hear you say that. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, um, this is also like very uh, pertinent for me because I overscheduled this week for like the first time in like uh, a year. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I have like four things scheduled today. <gasps> it's like one of them is this which is fun two of them are work and another is a fun like a social thing but it's like what am I gonna do and then tomorrow I have like four things scheduled and Thursday I'm gonna have lunch like what who is this <laughs> there are things happening it's very I know it's 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 very odd I feel that too I feel that too on things I have also um and maybe you two um I bet you'd both have some really great ways of communicating this too. I am trying to get better and I try to encourage people to get better at just, you know, I like to think of myself as an honest person, but then there's the other side of me that's also like, doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings mm-hmm. that I'm working on. And so I'm like, well, I'm a liar. Like, <laughs> like what's that? Uh, I forget the show on TV and it's like, I'm a lot, I'm a liar, but he's saying, I don't know. Anyway. So I digress. <laughs> um, So, you know, I realized I was like, wait a second, I'm not being honest with people and that's not right. So I don't know if you, you two have some really great ways, but I try to say, um, I've overbooked myself this week and I really want to be present for you or in some sort of language, repeat to them, like, I am not going to be a fun person. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to be there all there. It's just, and you know, um, and I've been trying to work on that. I don't know if you have any other, please. I'm all for tips on that because communication <laughs> is so hard for me for those reasons I just mentioned. <laughs> and I think as ladies, yeah. we, we say like, I'm fine or I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll do it. It's okay. And that's, those are those lies we tell all the time when it's like, no, actually I'm super busy and I can't do this. Yeah. My number one tip right off the bat is to kind of change the thinking. Like if you want to be, if you don't want to, uh, like Joanna said, you want to not lie to anyone, including yourself. So you're not fine. You can't take care of it. And also if you don't want to be, you know, hurt anyone's feelings, you're included in that, right? You don't want to hurt your own feelings by disrespecting your time. Uh, my favorite line is I'm not available then. I'm not available at that time. I love that. And just that. end of sentence. And then offer if you want also offering. So adding in there, I am available at this time, however, or I am available at this time next week. I'm not available for lunch today, but I can do dinner next Thursday, you know, and that giving that explanation, the second sentence also moves you off of the topic. It gives the person, it takes away their permission to mm-hmm. continue to push for today or this week or whatever. It's my favorite. It's the best. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we don't need okay, to so come up let with me also think. Yeah, right. But when you're when you're overbooked and maybe you're thinking, okay, I need to cancel this and maybe move it to next week. A nice thing to say for yourself is literally what you're thinking. Um, it looks like overbooked. I'm not going to be able to provide the service the way I want to. So let's change. And you, you're going to have them come in and say like, oh, no, I'm sure you'll be fine. No, I'm not saying this because I want to be nice to you. <laughs> saying it's be nice to me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just emphasizing again, like I'm not going to be 100% there. So let's focus on next week if that's all right, or not even adding the, that's all right. As long as you transition into the, the future appointment that you're going to make, cause they're going to change it. That helps. <laughs> oh, that's great. It like yeah. confirms it, confirms it already. 100%. Yeah. 
are are there any questions you would like to ask us i mean you could just ask us a question but um <laughs> actually i do good i really do have a question is this okay can i like yeah. flip this yes. yes that's why we asked yeah well you, we'll let you know after yeah okay <laughs> you we both turned the call off yeah. <laughs> you're not available for that right now <laughs> <laughs> not available to answer that question so you both have mentioned the word many times i for some reason, cannot, for the life of me, no matter how much I ask my therapist, how much I ask my therapist friends, how much I ask coaches, how much I Google, and all of this, um, I, for some reason, cannot understand or identify gaslighting. And I've seen also posts of, mm. of people, you know, mentioning, like, stop throwing the word around. I just stay away yeah. from it. I know, like, it's, I I know it's a big thing on TikTok right now uh that oh, it's like Christ. overused yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> <I> awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing I'm very mindful about too especially in this work it's like I try not to throw words around that uh like the word trauma I also you know if someone tells me that is the word they use I will repeat it back to them right but I leave that up to you know someone who can diagnose that, right? So, um, but gaslighting, let's, I mean, just, am I gaslighting you right now? I don't no, know. No, <laughs> Oh, good can question. I, yeah. Such a good question. Ooh. Yeah. I have a million answers, but Joanna, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was going to explain like where the term came from. Um, it's from a movie. I can't remember which movie, but in the movie, what happens is, is like there's gas lamps and somebody turns, it's like two, there's two characters and one of them's trying to like make the other person think that they're, crazy or insane and so they like slowly turn the lights down um and to where they're like i don't even know and when they say hey are the lights dimmer they're like no they're not um it's almost like i don't know if you remember the office there's a point where um jim puts like a quarter inside of uh dwight's phone like once a day <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden yeah. takes them out and he hits his face it's it's like similar to that ish it's <laughs> it is a hard thing to now that I'm like explaining it, it is a hard thing to explain because it's so uh, like amorphous like a cloud um it's basically like somebody um like telling you things all right when they're not uh you know like 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 if you're like the lights are dim no they're not that's the way they've always been okay when like they're the person who is changing the lights and making them dim so they know they, they know. know that okay yes. that's so there has to on on the part mm -hmm. of the person gaslighting they know that they're doing it they know that they know that what that other person is saying is correct but they're lying and saying like no this is this is how it's always been okay. so so the goal of the abuser or the person who's gaslighting their victim is to make the victim rely on them more so in the movie which i believe is just called like gas lamp or gaslight the husband continued to lie to the wife so because she was it was the 40s and she was a woman who wanted to live a life and he did not like that so he did things around the house and then denied that he would do things around the house and it would make her feel like she was crazy and that she needed to rely on him fully so what it does is it makes the person who is being abused feel like they cannot rely on their own senses and they need the abuser to navigate the world for them. 
So when we say like we're gaslighting ourselves into doing this or we're gaslighting ourselves into saying that, yes, it is a term that we overuse, but it's because we have culture around us like, you know, like we mentioned in the history lesson, we have um, we have misogyny, we have homophobia, we have transphobia, we have racism, we have classism, which we should always list first, <laughs> classism. And we have capitalism all gaslighting us into thinking that we cannot rely on our instincts, which are, wait, I don't like this, or wait, I'm unhappy with this, or wait, this is making me feel bad. Wow. So yes, we overuse it, but we all, no, I don't even think we overuse it. I don't think we overuse trauma. I think our culture is incredibly traumatic. <laughs> I think that okay. we are being, we are being, you know, I could, I'll, I'm going to keep myself calm. We are being <laughs> misled constantly by things around us. And the fact that we are even able to trust our gut instincts a little bit is wonderful. And you know what, we should keep using that phrase over and over and over again, because it's happening as much as we are actually saying it. Wow. Okay. That's a great perspective. Now would mislead be a word to kind of interchange like misled? You had mentioned misled. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's like, there's like a, a, an abusive tone to it as well. Like, Mm -hmm. like (laughs) with capitalism, we're told if you work really hard, you're going to be happy. You're going to have a great life. You just got to work really hard for me. Like the whole anti-work movement is like moving against that gaslighting. That is like, if you, you work, cause I think that's not true um, with the way our system is set up. Right. And it's only Sorry people for the that are very there. wealthy. That was a very no. angry clap. <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it's only people who are not, it's only people that are not suffering who say that. Only people who are not uh, being ground under the the foot of, <laughs> you know, whatever oppressor we're facing today that are saying, no, it's fine. You just got to work harder. You know, pull your bootstraps up, goddamn bullshit bootstraps, pull them up <laughs> and, and you'll be able to live a happy life. Wow. Okay. I'm thinking so, of yeah. instances where, yes, gaslighting would be the appropriate term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Thank you both for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, happy to yeah, tell everyone. I, I'm like that. about to go into another. Like, uh, okay, <laughs> very important sensitive subject, <laughs> or it's just like it's one that is like it's such a common thing that we that I see in my therapy work, like mm-hmm. especially just like the you're overreacting gaslighting, mm-hmm. like how toxic that is, and how like internally that can just create so many negative core beliefs and just like really make it so you don't trust yourself I mean I'm, I'm also thinking about myself and how you know like taking part in diet culture made it so I could not feel when I was hungry like I I was like and then th- so I was relying on that diet culture to tell me when to eat because I was not trusting my own ability to know when I'm hungry. Wow. That's, that's such a good point. That resonates with me too, especially on that eating front. Absolutely. I join us ever since we kind of talked about that, like across the board, everybody kind of restricts. I've been making it a habit to not, and have gained, you know, a little bit of weight and I feel comfortable. I mean, really only like a few pounds, but I feel very comfortable and I just, I'm enjoying eating and I'm not, overeating anymore. I, like I'm, and I don't mean overeating, like eating until full. I'm, I mean, I'm not like 
you know, semi binge eating between meals anymore, because like, I'm allowing myself to eat during the day. And not just like, Oh, you know, it's not lunchtime yet. Um, And that would be like a huge gaslighting that we're kind of like, if you follow all of these rules, you will be, you will be like the, the ideal body, you will be healthy, you will be medically healthy. Like it, it, that's, sorry now we're all into a whole different subject but it's been so it's been so hard because I'm like recovering from that and also like dealing with a different body for myself and how my stomach is different and like realizing that I that I like gorge on food when it's in front of me I have to finish it because like that's the only time I'm allowed to eat um and so like I Mm -hmm. I've had to like really listen to my body which I haven't been for years because I've been told like no, your body is wrong. <laughs> you got to do this mm-hmm. thing because like the ancient people did this and they, they, you know, only lived to be 30, but like they were super healthy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, solid. Yeah. So there's your answer. <laughs> I appreciate that's awesome. that. I, yeah, I, I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to use that for my gaslighting, uh, example all the time <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent um all right uh resources that you feel like everyone should know about what do you think books websites what do you what's your flavor i appreciate you both by the way just um this <laughs> i feel this is so fun and did you feel um, we got like really good. charged too <laughs> that was great no it's great i love it and i love how open it is and that i can drop my you know my here earphone and like it's okay <laughs> I appreciate this yes. so uh, the explanations um so you know the resources I always get a little bit insecure I gotta say um because I'm not a big book reader um I mean I would be if I didn't fall asleep after like two pages every time <laughs> so the intention is there but mine are very simple um the first one I uh, it, it, simple and new. Like the first one is I downloaded. I've been getting much um, more into affirmations now that I feel like I can like not be angry at everything. And so I downloaded an app called the I am. Um, it's the I am app and it's all different affirmations. And um, there is a way around not having to pay for it, but if you can pay for it, pay for it, but um, it's free. <laughs> so it, I put it as a widget on my phone. And so it changes, the affirmations change every few hours. And I don't know, like the, somewhere, like they are always resonating with what's happening in my life. And so like, I can read you the one right now when I turn my phone on this, I am loved. Like that was the affirmation that came up. Right. So it always is so comfort comforting to me. And so that's been my like big resource right now. Like my tool, um, the other tool that three different people I talked to this past past few days did not know about this. Um, so social media, I took a big step back from, and, and it's funny because I help people with their social media content sometimes. And um, I'm like, yeah, well, like there's this way to do it, but there's like this way. So like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Like do what makes you happy. Right. So if you can't handle posting once a day, post once a week, don't like, here's what could happen. But if your happiness is at stake, then that's what I want you to do. Um, but mm-hmm. there is on social media. Now you two might know this already. You can set, um, an alert that will pop up on your phone. If you've been on for a certain amount of time. 
it's in your settings. And so I don't know if it's, I think it's fairly new. I've had it for a few weeks. Um, and I have mine set to, set to 10 minutes and it comes up, a screen comes down, comes down and it's like, you've been on for your time. Are you done yet? <laughs> Basically, like, can we stop you? And every time I'm like, wow, I've been on for 10 minutes. I didn't, I don't even know what just happened. And so it helps me. I click, like I get off of the app you know? Um, and then sometimes if I'm still on it, like I'll get like two more of them. I'm like, Oh my God, I just spent 30 minutes. What the heck was I doing? You know? So that's been a great tool in terms of if like social media is either like something you don't want to necessarily be on all the time, or, um, you know, it's not doing healthy things for you. Um, it's a way for me to like, still, still use social media for like what I like it, which is to inform me on things mm. and then get off of it when I need to. <laughs> So those that's are amazing. I, yeah, I'm absolutely going to do that. That's I'm, I think I'm going to do I, I was turning on like restrictions. So it would like turn it off after a while. But like, I would just go in and like turn it back on. Um, yes. because it's, that's what we do, right? Yeah. I do it too. Um, I believe it's in our settings. So okay. it's very simple. Um, I wish I knew exactly how for you all, but we'll, 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 we'll research it. And, and uh, yeah, we might even uh, post like a guide to yeah. it. Yeah. How to find it in idea. Androids and iPhones and whatever. Yeah, I can just make a little them. video too. Thank you. Yeah. Great. I will share it. <laughs> cool. Yay. Awesome. All right. Are we ready for our final question? Which is a would you rather? Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I needed the confirmation. I needed the. I had to finish um, my own. It was. It's okay. Important. Okay. It was. It, yawns are important. Um, and that's like non-sarcastically saying it. it kind of sounded like I was being sarcastic, but I'm not. Um, and I like I still sound like I am, but I'm honestly not. Um, <laughs> would you rather live on, live on, sorry, here we go. Would you rather live with your favorite people on a glacier or live and travel anywhere, but always alone? Oh God. Uh, it's definitely the one that's alone. <laughs> only because the circumstances are on the glacier. the glaze why can't i say this word <laughs> help me out here glacier it's a hard glacier. word thank you the <laughs> glacier so i uh, i think yeah i would think i would pick travel anywhere and be alone mm-hmm. what does that okay. say about me <laughs> don't tell my favorite people in the world <laughs> same but answer they, for me would they also want to be on a glacier too like i'm I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. We'd all like be mad at each other the whole time because we'd be cold. It wouldn't yeah, be like, and, and it would, and it would melt very, it would melt soon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, then it would be fine. Then you could cook and, <laughs> and like, you know, grow plants and stuff and not think about why the glacier melted. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> so this is not a glacier. This is a glacier that's on top of land. <laughs> like I'm, I was thinking we oh, just drowned. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too actually I was picturing us in the middle of the ocean and like the only other area is like if you hop to another one and And Joanna's like Joanna's like just cook (laughs) just cook just grow tomatoes Uh, I would choose traveling alone because I feel like Americans talk to everyone when they travel anyway so we're like known for that so I'd just do that um and just talk to everybody I think I'm tired of the cold, yep. so I would not want to be on a glacier and I would travel alone. Because we got like FaceTime and stuff. Indeed. 
<laughs> I feel much better that you two picked that too. <laughs> oh, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, a glacier is like wet and cold. That's no, Mm-mm-mm. no one likes that. No, thank like you. Seals. Maybe there's penguins. Yeah, seals, That's penguins. Cute. Yeah, seals are not like polar bears dangerous. though. Yeah. We, we've seen well, those pictures. Probably polar bears if they're seals and penguins. <laughs> Well, polar bear, we've seen pictures of them. They're all on their own glaciers, <laughs> floating around, not getting any food. <laughs> That's how we would be. <laughs> not lighting any fires. <laughs> no tomatoes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thank you so much, Daniela, uh, for talking with us today. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we before we go? Um, sure. Thank you both so much. This was so great. Um, I appreciate this so much. Um, so still standing together is, um, at still standing together everywhere. Um, actually that's why it's only on Instagram and Facebook because I don't want to do it everywhere. So, um, there's still standing together.com. Um, you can always message me or follow me at Daniela does what, um, because that was always the question I was getting. So I changed my handle. Like, what are you doing now? And I'm like, I don't know, here. So at Daniela does what, (laughs) thank you. Um, And it's easier to remember than my last name, but yeah, so at Daniela does what, and what else? Um, What do I have coming up? I don't know. Uh, This podcast will will air. (laughs) Coming up soon, we'll be still standing together stuff. Um, I'm excited, probably springtime. We'll have some events happening. The podcast will be back and all that jazz. Uh, so yeah, but always, you know, connect with me whenever. Awesome. Thank you. Yay. Such a pleasure having you. Anyway, Danielle, thank you so much. What a pleasure it has been. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe slash rate slash review us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also on our website. You can check us out on Instagram at TNDpod or on Twitter at TNDpod1. One is in the number one. Uh, and our website, as I previously mentioned, is TNDpodcast.com. Ooh. If you would like the ability to vote on what questions we ask our guests, bonus episodes um, and so much more head on over to our patreon patreon.com slash tnd podcast we just uh like retooled our patreon i'm really excited about it and um we are going to have bonus episodes every month starting in march um if you want to know why we talked about 9-11 twice this week that would be a bonus episode um answer for you if, if you would like to send us an email or if you'd like to be uh, interviewed on the show, you can email us at therapistsnextdoor at gmail.com. That's therapists, plural, nextdoor at gmail.com. Sarah, is there anything you'd like to plug? I'm going to double plug that Patreon, Joanna, patreon.com slash TNT podcast. Uh, you know, adding to our hierarchy of needs, we're going to need some funds to uh, <laughs> to do to do this show. We're really enjoying it, but, you know. Yeah. A little, a little goes a long way. Um, check me, check me out on Instagram, teletherapywithsarah.com, offering mindful living for professional and working class millennials. Also, I am now coaching, <laughs> coaching for the exploited therapist because I think you are exploited by your bosses, your managers, and your supervisors. And if you think you are too, 
come and hang out with me and talk and let's talk and let's do stuff together. Yay. Like coaching. <laughs> That's it. China, what about you? <laughs> um, I'm at orianatherapy.com um, offering, you know, we work on, we can work on shame. We can work on perfectionism. We can work on anxiety. Um, so many things we can work on depression. Uh, I'm here for adults in Pennsylvania. Orianatherapy.com. Until next time. We, we are, are your, your therapists. therapists next door. Mm, I next did door. It first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Thank you.